Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the Indiana UFO wave of 1973. That's correct, the Indiana UFO wave of 1973. Now, this UFO wave over Indiana was a period of intense UFO activity that began in October of that year and lasted for several weeks. During the time, there were hundreds of UFO sightings reported all over Indiana, including in major cities like Indianapolis and Muncie. One of the most notable incidents occurred on October 10, 1973, when hundreds of people in Muncie reported seeing mysterious multicolored lights in the sky. About 100 people called police to report the sighting, and several newspapers published accounts of the event. Another notable incident occurred on October 18, 1973, when Captain Lawrence J. Konya, a pilot for the Indiana Air National Guard, reported seeing a large, luminous object while flying over Muncie. Konya said that the object was unlike anything he had ever seen before, and that it seemed to be maneuvering intelligently. The UFO wave of 1973 over Indiana was one of the most significant UFO events in American history. It's estimated there were over 1,000 UFO sightings reported in Indiana alone during this period, and many of these sightings were witnessed by multiple people. It also should note that there were sightings surrounding Indiana, even into Ohio. Now, while the cause of the UFO wave remains a mystery, some of the skeptics will come out and tell you that these sightings were caused by natural phenomena such as ball lightning or meteors. I have to tell you, that's an awful lot of ball lightning strikes and meteor falls for that short period of time in October of 1973. And some people will also say these things were caused by experimental military technology, but remember it was a National Guard helicopter who reported seeing one of the UFOs. It's hard to imagine that our own uh, government would be out there testing high-end military equipment over Indiana of all places. The UFO wave of 1973 over Indiana, I think, is just a reminder that there are still many unexplained mysteries in our world, and it's also a reminder that we should be open-minded to the possibility that there's something else out there besides us. Now, let's take a look at this first article. Now, this first article comes to us from Wayne.com. That's Wayne.com. The title says, See How Many UFO Sightings Have Occurred in Indiana, and it's dated September, or December 21st, 2021. It has a nice introduction here, and then it gets down to the part that we're interested in, where it says, Indiana, by the numbers, UFO sightings, 1839. So I'm assuming that's the total sightings to date. It says, On October 9th, 1973, 
first responders switchboards were overwhelmed by nearly 700 calls to report UFO sightings. These included blinking lights near the ground, a UFO spotted on a telescope by astronomy students, and even radar operators at Fort Wayne Airfield having irregular activity show up on a screen. Now think about that. If they've only had 1,839 UFO reports, uh, since they started keeping track of them, but there were 700 calls about UFOs on this one night. That's truly a UFO wave. We're told the most commonly reported traits of UFO sightings in the Hoosier State today are multicolored and white lights, orange fireballs or balls of light, discs spotted during daylight hours, and triangular shapes documented after dark, according to the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, of Indiana. The first documented image of a UFO was captured in 1870 on the summit of Mount Washington in New Hampshire. More sightings were reported at Mount Rainier in Washington in 1947, and of course several in Roswell, New Mexico. Since then, countless numbers of unusual shapes in the sky and their supposed inhabitants have been exhaustively reported without sufficient explanations beyond the existence of extraterrestrial life. The surge in eyewitness accounts begot even more sightings along with attempts to protect against invasions and abductions. More than 40,000 Americans bought into Alien Protection Insurance, which offers customers monetary relief should a loved one get carted away by little green men. One Roper poll in 1991 suggests that around 4 million Americans believe they've been abducted by aliens. So in 1973, we had this wide variety of UFOs being reported all over the state of Indiana. I want to get into it in a little more depth in this article right here from Medium.com. It's called Invasion of the Unknown, the Thrilling and Unforgottenable 1973 UFO Wave in the Midwest. Now this wave, of course, we're talking about Indiana, but it did it did uh, spill over into other states. This says the 1973 for UFO wave at Indiana, a remarkable adventure. The night of October 9, 1973, started like any other in Delaware County, Indiana, a peaceful and sleepy residential area. However, the tranquil evening was about to turn into a remarkable and thrilling adventure as it was marked by one of the most extraordinary and intense UFO waves in history. Emergency services began to receive numerous calls from frightened residents reporting mysterious UFOs in the sky, and the calls kept pouring in. Before long, the police received over 700 calls from scared residents, and officers sent out to investigate also witnessed the unidentified flying objects. Witnesses described the object as blinking a red-white light, revolving light, and often hovering near the ground. An airfield in Fort Wayne picked up an anomalous radar signature and the incident left officials in the area in a state of panic, wondering what to make of it all. This is just crazy. Now, it also goes on here and says the spread of UFO sightings from Indiana to Ohio. Moreover, the UFO sightings spread like wildfire throughout the region, and later that same month, people in Cincinnati, Ohio, and its surrounding communities flooded emergency services with reports of UFOs. There were hundreds of callers reporting bright lights in the sky. The UFO sightings continued throughout October, and some encounters were quite dramatic. For instance, one incident was terrifying as witnesses claimed that one of the UFOs even came down to land in the middle of the main street in Trenton. Another witness claimed that a UFO had landed on her farm and killed two of her cows, while another claimed that a diamond-shaped glowing blue craft had attempted to abduct her baby. The encounters were so many that they caused mass hysteria, and fueling it all was that many reported power outages were happening in the same areas where the UFOs were being seen. 
Wow, this is just amazing. I have some pictures here from an old inquirer. It says, while some of the incidents might sound a little too bizarre, many of the witnesses to those UFO events were traditionally reliable, such as police officers and officials. For instance, a policeman, Sergeant Hugh, claimed to have chased a glowing, humming, circular object for a few miles near the town of Greenfield. And sheriffs near Zanesville, and sheriffs near Zanesville witnessed three pulsating globes over a local graveyard. Even the governor of Ohio, John J. Gilligan, said that he had seen a UFO shoot a vertical beam of light. The governor was so shaken that he had to say in a press conference, quote, I saw one the other night, so help me. I'm absolutely serious. I saw this. It was not a plane. It was not a bird. It didn't wear a cape. And I really don't know what it was. Of course, we also have Lawrence J. Coyne's encounter. It says, uh, perhaps the most well-known and oft-discussed encounter from the October 1973 UFO invasion in the Midwest is that of Captain Lawrence J. Coyne, who on October 18th was flying a U.S. Army Reserve Super Huey helicopter near Mansfield, Ohio, along with a crew of three others. As they flew, they saw an unidentified red light approaching directly toward them. The light was coming in so fast that Konya made evasive maneuvers, but the mysterious craft matched every movement. When the crew got a good look at the object, they could see that it was a cigar-shaped, windowless, metallic craft with a bright red light perched upon its nose. This mysterious object then proceeded to hover in front of the helicopter and then, without warning, zapped them with a piercing green light like a searchlight which lit up the entire interior of the aircraft. After a few moments had passed, the light stopped, and the UFO flew off as the helicopter lost its controls to send them in a spiral toward the ground, and the radio had gone dead as well. They were able to get the aircraft under control again, and they were left with an experience none of them would ever forget. Now, I want to take a look at this article here before we close out. This is uh, from thestarpress.com. It says, UFO mania hit Muncie hard in 1973, uh, dated January 1st, 2018. And we'll kind of get back more toward Indiana on this UFO wave that went across the Midwest. But uh, we want to focus on Indiana here a little bit if we can. It says, with recent news reports of a secret Pentagon investigation of flying saucers and unidentified flying objects going, over, going back over a period of several years, it's important to note that Muncie, all of East Central Indiana really, got there first. Muncie's dramatic 1973 brush with UFO mania was recently cited in a magazine article and of course 2017 saw the 40th anniversary release of Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Of course now we're going on 45 years which was set largely in Muncie although it was not filmed there. Before any of that happened, however, in October of 1973, Muncie newspapers ran daily stories about sightings of UFOs around the country. And then the flying saucer sightings began in earnest right in our own backyard. October 1973 began with the United Press International story, played on page 16 of the Muncie Star about UFO reports in Tennessee, where a county sheriff said he had personally seen three UFOs. Twenty people called police down there, noting they had made similar sightings. So see, it just took one authority figure to come forward and 20 more people followed. The next day, another UPI story appeared, this time on the front page of the Star, expanding on the Tennessee sightings. Two brothers, 13 and 9, took refuge in a chicken coop when they were buzzed by a UFO in Chester County, Tennessee. Two days later, according to a story published in the Muncie Star, police found a weather balloon that was likely responsible for UFO sightings north of Indianapolis. How convenient. 
Yes, because these weather balloons just drop out of the sky all the time, I guess. I don't know. That just sounds very, very suspicious to me. For several days in a row, Muncie newspaper readers saw account after account of UFO sightings. Reports rampant in the South, read one headline. Then, on Wednesday, October 10th, 1973, the UFO craze came to Muncie. The evening before the Muncie Star reported, mysterious multicolored lights were seen by several hundred people. About 100 people called police, Sheriff Sergeant Richard Craner said, over the course of two hours. Another 50 to 60 people called Muncie police. Police theorized that weather balloons were to blame. Newton Sprague, director of Ball State University's observatory, offered the balloon theory too. Well, of course, they didn't really have drones back then to blame, so we'd have to blame the balloon theory. Then on October 13th, local newspapers carried a UPI story about two shipyard workers in Pascagoula, Mississippi, who said they were abducted and taken aboard a UFO by silvery-skinned creatures with big eyes and pointed ears. Their reported encounter became one of the most famous of the UFO era. The floodgates were open for UFO sightings in the Muncie area. On October, on Saturday, October 13, 1973, four or five Indiana National Guard helicopters were blamed for a rash of UFO reports over Muncie and Delaware County. The choppers prompted 40 calls to police. You can see, you can see right here, they had all these calls coming in about UFOs, and then what happens? You get the parallel narrative gets put out there. Oh, they were weather balloons. Oh, they were choppers. The next day in Dayton County, Ohio, a woman told police that an oblong object with blinking lights killed two cows when it landed in a field. Northwestern University researcher J. Allen Hynek, upon whose case Spielberg's movies was partially based, said there was no doubt Earth was being visited by aliens. On October 17th, the Muncie Evening Press reported on a few days of Muncie UFO encounters. More UFOs reported in Muncie, read the headline. A Mrs. Pierce at 226 North Davis called police at 8.54 p.m. Tuesday to report that a UFO had landed behind her home. Patrolman William Kirby, who was at the scene, said that the lady did see something because she was terrified. A neighbor had heard clicking sounds at about the same time. We have heard clicking sounds associated with these UFOs from time to time. It goes on, it says, there are, about, there are people out there that are not people, one caller told police about an incident near the town of Wheeling, North Muncie. I'll believe in one when it flies through my living room, Muncie's Deputy Police Chief Jack Turner told the Evening Press. In every day's newspaper, more, it was UFO night for Hartford City, the Muncie Evening Press reported on Friday, October 19th. Blackford County Sheriff's Deputy Ted Townsend reported a strange-looking object with arm-like extensions over a manufacturing plant. Now, this thing sounds like it must have been huge. And why in the world would a sheriff's deputy report something like that in the heat of all this? Jay County was next. The star reported on October 20th with strange lights near Portland. Another sighting near Dunkirk turned out to be farming equipment, specifically a tractor and two combines. The area was not new to UFO sightings, however. Dunkirk Police Chief Gerald Kirby recalled a few years earlier when a woman who was white as a sheet reported a basketball-sized unknown object. Two state police officers confirmed the report. UFO sightings in east-central Indiana and elsewhere appeared to have dramatically dropped in number by the end of October. By November, the local UFO craze was over and done with, except for a bit of marketing, he says. A little facetious at the end there. The fact was, these things were reported all over the place, all over Indiana. This truly was a UFO wave. Now, I want to look at one last article here before we close this out. 
Now here we're going to go over some actual accounts from 1973. And I found this at UFO UFO So many times we go to this site uh, for first-hand accounts and just a, a wonderful site, I think. I'll have the link at the Buy Me a Coffee website. As always, thank you to everyone that goes over there, uh, uses the site, supports the program there and at Spotify. I appreciate all of you guys. Hey, and while you're at it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, that like button, that follow button. It really helps the program. Now, this is from the Indiana page there. Like I said, I'll have the link. It says, how many U Indiana UFO sightings were there in 1973? There were 16 officially reported UFO sightings in Indiana in 1973. So here we had 700 phone calls to the police. Only 16 people made official reports. In 1973, Indiana ranked number five on the list of states with the most UFO sightings for that year. And then it goes on here. It says uh, of the reports that were officially made, there were five in Mount Vernon, two in Buffkin, one in Gary, Gary Indiana, one in Medreville, and one in Montezuma. The first one says, uh, two miles east of Buffkin, Indiana, near Mount Vernon. This incident involved three witnesses who reported two orange-red balls of light that hovered low to the ground in the west for about six minutes. The main witness was very shook up by the incident and contacted the UFO filter center where it was occurring. It says, one object was larger than the other and was more orange and red speckled. Well, this happened at Buffkin, Indiana dated 11-28-73. So these were happening after October. Here's one that says, police put the squad car spotlight on it again and it immediately moved away and out of sight. Police Chief Wilford Clerk and Officer John Tucker were on a pursuit of a drunken driver in Point Township. The driver had gone off the road and into a ditch. Waiting for a wrecker, the officers observed an object in the southwest that approached them, then stopped. It was a strange looking object, which we now refer to as an OBOL, or orange ball of light, and their spotlight placed on it caused the light to get brighter and closer. After about a half a minute, they put the squad car spotlight on it again, and it immediately moved away and out of sight. Wow, that's from Mount Vernon, Indiana, dated uh, November 2nd, 1973. Just imagine that being out there in the middle of the night, no cell phones, 1973, and shining a light on this, what we call like a orb, orange orb, almost like a flame. And it's obviously interacting with that light somehow. This one here is, says it's from Mount Vernon, Indiana, uh, November 2nd, 1973, UFO-shaped triangle, lasted about 15 seconds. It was about six blocks away, 68 to 80 feet in the air. The object was orange and wedge-shaped. Two warehouse men at Mount Vernon Milling Company saw an object. I went to check my hopper cars. Climbing up into the car, I happened to look back. I stood on top and watched the object until it disappeared. In 15 seconds, it was gone. It was about six blocks away, 60 to 80 feet in the air. The object was orange and wedge-shaped. Wow, that's just a very matter-of-fact description of what this guy saw out there working, and this can, sounds like in a warehouse. This one says, uh, Buffkin, Indiana, uh, November 1st, 1973, 10.40 p.m., UFO-shaped sphere. Blue and green object with humming noise overheard near Mount Vernon for 10 minutes. First went from east to west, then north to south, moving up and down and back and forth. Last seen at Mead Johnson Plant at Mount Vernon. Wow, blue-green object humming noise. That's interesting. It doesn't say exactly. It says the shape was a sphere. So they were seeing a lot of orbs back then. 
Now, this experience uh, talks quite a bit about the fact that they were out rabbit hunting that night when they had this UFO sighting. I'm not going to go into all that detail. Let's just get right into the sighting itself. Here's one that says, Fireball above tree line. The date given is approximate. I can approximate the year because it was I was 16 at the time. The month November coincides with the beginning of rabbit season about the 15th. I estimated the time to be around 2300 hours. I mean, what, 11 o'clock? On the night in question, myself and two friends were cruising around in my car with the top down. We were facing south and to our right was a field approximately 400 to 500 yards wide and I would guess about a quarter of a mile long. At the west edge of that was a line of trees ranging from about, a, about 75 feet high to about 50 feet high that ran the entire length of the field. I was facing east and my friend from the back was facing west. I heard him say, look, and as I turned around, I saw this orange ball floating just above the tree line. I would estimate it to have been approximately 75 to 100 feet in diameter. At this point, I'm not scared, just interested. I came around to the driver's side and just leaned on the trunk and watched. The ball was moving very slowly from south to north, just above the tree line. I followed the tree line exactly up and down as it continued. The object made no sound of any kind. It was completely silent. At this time, my younger friend and myself didn't know what a UFO even was. The object continued to glide down along the treetops until it was straight across from us, at which point I got my rifle from the front seat and pointed it toward the object. I wasn't going to shoot at it, just wanted to look through the scope to see if I could see any better. At that point, the object began to change from orange to a bright yellow. The light it gave off was almost like the sun, as best as I can describe it. My friend that was driving grabbed the rifle out of my hands, threw it in the car, got in and tried to start it, but for whatever reason, it wouldn't start. I doubt it had anything to do with the UFO. It was just junk. Within a few seconds, the object seemed to shrink and disappear toward the northwest. Looking back, I doubt that it shrank, but more probably just moved away so quickly it appeared that way. I estimate that this whole event occurred over a period of about 20 minutes or so. My friend was still trying to get the car started, and I noticed that he seemed to be terrified. Not scared, terrified. He was visibly shaking, and I think he might have been crying. It was a long time ago. I found this strange as he had seen combat in Vietnam and would fight anybody at the drop of a hat. When the car finally did start, he put it in reverse, and I had to jump over the door to get to get in because he wasn't waiting. He wouldn't even pull up so I could get my rabbit. We headed back to town as well in excess of 80 miles per hour, and I was more afraid of his driving than I was of the UFO. I finally got him to pull over and let me drive. Put on the top, turned on the heater, and headed back to town. After he calmed down, he began to explain to us about UFOs and having seen them before. I got the feeling there was more that he wasn't telling us, but he didn't seem to want to talk about it. He went and found my stepfather, who was town marshal at the time, and started to relay to him what we had seen. At first, he thought we had been drinking. We hadn't, or we were joking. After talking to us for a while, he decided we were serious and sober, so... He checked the airport in Indianapolis to see if there were any planes or helicopters in the area and was told that there were not and that nothing had shown up on radar. He also relayed a report to the Rush County Sheriff's Department. Of course, nothing ever came of any of it. Let me in by answering the skeptics. I spent a great deal of my time as a youth outdoors in the woods at night, coon hunting, trapping, etc. I have seen ball lightning. It wasn't that. There are no swamps anywhere near that area. There were no power lines overhead. You cannot see the airport searchlights from there. I never saw anything like that before or since. 
This one's from uh, Mount Vernon, Indiana, October 20th, 1973. It says, UFO stops a train near Mount Vernon. The primary witness was a conductor on an LN train that had an encounter with a UFO. They had passed through Mount Vernon and were headed east nearing the Lamont Crossing, which is about two miles west of the outskirts of Evansville. A nocturnal light incident had preceded this close encounter. When they neared Cavern to six to seven miles east of Mount Vernon, the conductor told the rear conductors by the intercom they had seen a real bright light behind them. When they got near St. Phillips, the rear conductor reported that there now was a train following them on the same track, and the RR blocking system showed something approaching them. As they approached a steep hill at the Lamont Crossing, one of the diesel engine units overheated, and the train was immobilized. When the object behind the train backed away, the blocking system showed the object retreating. The diesel unit was now restarted, and the train loaded down with coal, made it up the hill and into Evansville. Wow. So this happened actually on the tracks, as reported by these uh, railroad personnel. This is Mount Vernon, Indiana, 10-20-73, UFO-shaped light. Can you imagine being in that train and having this light coming up on you? This one here says Mount Vernon, Indiana. Uh, this is October 18, 1973, UFO-shaped cylinder. Cigar-shaped body lights with sound like a river barge. The lady had gone to bed but was disturbed by a noise described as sounding like a barge on the river. She decided to go outside and check it out. She saw an object over her garage and to the south merely an outline produced by as many as 50 lights. Not exactly evenly spaced. It didn't appear to have any body and it had a red flashing light on the rear, long and narrow, about three times as long as what it was wide, moving real slow east to west. She observed the long side view about three minutes, and right in front of her house, it turned south toward the river, and she saw the in view, described it as like a squared off cigar. At this time, it was really low, and she said she should have seen metal as it was past a tree. Hmm. Mount Vernon, October 18th, 1973, cigar-shaped cylinder. So these things were up close and personal. This one says, this is from Wolf Lake, Indiana, uh, dated July 1st, 1973. So these things were going on for quite a while, apparently. It says it was uh, light and lasted two to three minutes. What I thought was an airplane flying at a distance wasn't an airplane at all. This happened many years ago. A neighbor pounded on my door and asked me to come out and see a UFO. We were on the north shore of High Lake, Noble County, Indiana, looking south. I saw what appeared to be an airplane traveling from east to west at quite a distance. I told my neighbor it was just an airplane. Suddenly, it appeared to stop, and I told him it was turning and either coming toward us or going away from us. Suddenly, it shot upwards, looking like a shooting star, only in the wrong direction, until it disappeared. Assuming it was originally traveling around 350 miles an hour like an airplane would, it had to take off in the upward direction of at least 1,500 to 2,500 miles per hour. That was the night I became a believer in UFOs. The only description I can give is that it looked like an airplane at a great distance, but what it did could not be explained by any aircraft crew I know. Wow. And we'll do one last one here. So this last one here is from Grayville, Indiana, dated uh, September 9th, 2023, 1973, 12 a.m. UFO-shaped disc, lasted 30 minutes. We were driving on a country road when the driver of the car noticed at first. It was just above the tree line, flying no more than 70 miles an hour. It was disc-shaped gray and had blue, green, and amber running lights flashing all around it. We followed it for about five minutes on the main road, then had to go down a dirt road for a few minutes more. The saucer finally came to a halt and was just hovering over the trees. 
The saucer did not make any noise, and it had a dome at the top and a smaller dome at the bottom. As we watched it, shields rose up, and a large window could be seen on the upper dome. At first, we could only see shadows as, as if someone was walking around inside. Then a humanoid appeared in the window. We watched her for several minutes. Then she saw us. don't know how he knew it was a female. This humanoid had no hair, no ears, was gray-colored, and was wearing a silver form-fitting suit. The reason I said it was a she is because of her reaction when she saw us, a look of surprise. Then she put her hand over her mouth and backed out of our sight. The shields came down and the craft rose up about 20 feet, then slowly moving to the left, about 20 feet more, then shot into the air and made its own cloud as it ascended. Yes, we lost about 20 minutes of time and our curiosity turned into fear and wonderment. Wow, that's from back in September of 1973. You can imagine why that story might not have been too welcome in 1973. Uh, they might have been ridiculed and laughed at a little bit. But uh, clearly something happened back then. This wave of UFO sites over Indiana, which seems to have spread into Ohio and other states. Fascinating stuff. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.